What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have the latest Sask Wheat Outlook, which shows Russia is undercutting wheat markets and made major sales during the past week. We talk with meteorologist Terry Lang about today's severe cold snap in the south, the APAS annual meeting opens in Saskatoon tomorrow. Food inflation is discussed in Ottawa. And we take a look at the latest feeder cattle prices in Saskatchewan. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The latest Sask Wheat Market Outlook says U.S. wheat futures are at multi-month lows. Market analyst Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting says Black Sea Wheat last week filled significant demand by several wheat buyers at big discounts to U.S. wheat prices. In terms of cash markets last week, there was quite a lot of action by Black Sea Origins. Turkey's TMO bought 455,000 tons of D's through Jan wheat from Russia. Jordan passed on that tender, but Algeria bought 450,000 tons of wheat for January at 354 to 356 per ton, also from the Black Sea. Pakistan bought its 500,000 tons of wheat at low prices, likely from Russia, with offers at 372 per ton basis Karachi. Thailand bought 123,000 tons of Australian feed wheat for June at 349 per ton, and the Philippines also bought 123,000 tons of Australian wheat at 349 US per metric ton. US weekly export sales of 155,000 tons were well below trade estimates, and the season total of 494 million bushel is now down 6% on last year against the USDA's Three projected 3% three drop. This begs a general comment on the demand side. 
There are reports that Mexico is continuing to buy black seaweed and Russian wheat got most of the recent tender business as mentioned above. Black seaweed will take most of the nearby demand, but there are also reports that EU farmers are already 80% committed with their wheat, which could result in tightness in the second half of the season. To continue on, here are some of last week's major news by major wheat origins, starting with Canada per usual. Statistics Canada published their final 2022 crop production report of the year last Friday. Yield assessments in the final report were generally closer to the yield assessments by the provincial agriculture agencies than StatScan had in the September report. STC assessed total Canadian wheat production at 33.8 million tons, which is the third biggest crop for wheat in Canada ever. Specifically, spring wheat was pecked at 25.7 million tons and Durham at 5.4 million. Perhaps most significantly, while the wheat crop is quite large, this final estimate is lower compared to the StatScan September estimate by 879,000 tons for all wheat, by 374,000 tons for spring wheat, and by 674,000 tons for durum wheat. The trade was expecting a similar total wheat production estimate of 34.8 million tons, but the trade estimate for spring wheat was at 25.9 million, slightly higher than the StatScan number. The StatsCan report can be viewed as slightly supportive of spring wheat this winter and spring. If you're interested in these numbers, have a look at the table in the written report. Regarding exports, another 421,000 tons of wheat was exported in week 17 for a season total of 6.4 million tons. At the current pace, we would export 19.5 million tons of wheat. AFC is expecting 18.5 million tons of wheat exports, that's wheat excluding Durham. Moving on to Durham, the final StatsCan Durham production estimate at 5.4 million tons is a significant 674,000 tons smaller than the September StatsCan estimate. The trade was still expecting Durham production to come in around 5.9 million tons. Well, the 22 crop Durham production is still 79% bigger than the small 2021 crop. It is more than a million tons smaller than the 2020 crop. The final STC report is supportive Durham prices. Regarding export performance, exports over the past few weeks have somewhat improved. 194,000 tons were exported in week 17, but average weekly export are just 87,000 tons compared to 101,000 per week that is needed to reach export targets. Borsch has an update on grain movement out of war-torn Ukraine. In the Black Sea, Russian shipments suffered from bad weather and Ukrainian shipments slowed due to logistics and inspection delays in Turkey. The Black Sea Grain Initiative has been extended by 120 days, as you likely know, but logistical issues continue on. Specifically, there are about 77 vessels awaiting inspection in Turkey. Ukrainian exports will be under 3 million tons for November, which is down from the 4.2 million tons achieved in October. The outlook for South Russia and Eastern Ukraine has some severe cold weather with no snow cover on the winter crops. Meanwhile, 
As I mentioned, close to 2 million tons of wheat were sold this week from the Black Sea into various export markets. Marlena Borsch compiled this week's market outlook for the Sask wheat. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Connexus Credit Union. Environment Canada says today's severe cold snap will end today. Meteorologist Terry Lang says the general winter outlook is for colder than usual. Well, today is the end of the cold snap. We'll see that uh, the coldest air move off into Manitoba during the day. Our winds have already come around to southerly, uh, so that means it's going to bring in some milder air. So uh, once this afternoon comes, we'll see the the coldest of the air uh, gone into Manitoba. And after that, we kind of get into a more westerly flow in the upper atmosphere. And what that does is it brings us sort of more seasonal temperatures uh, and not the big swings from milder to, to really cold. What's the outlook from now till Christmas? Well, um, we can only see out to about 10 days with any kind of confidence. So we're, it looks like we're staying in sort of that seasonal zone of temperature-wise, uh, at least into about 10 days or so, maybe towards the end of the period. So not this weekend, but the following weekend, we might see a return to colder temperatures, but we'll see, you know, what Mother Nature kind of has up her sleeve because things can really change, especially in the longer term. We're not looking uh, too much in the way of precipitation, though, unfortunately, so not building up that snowpack over the next little while, especially when there's, you know, colder air lurking. We don't get a lot of a lot of precipitation with that. It tries to snow, but the snowflakes are so tiny, you don't get a lot of don't get a lot of snow out of them. And the Environment Canada outlook, and I realize it's pretty premature and broad based, but the outlook for January, February, March. Well, we do a, a, a like a seasonal forecast. So December, January, February is uh, what we're looking at for the winter forecast. And again, with this triple dip that we've been talking about, third year in a row that we have a La Nina occurring in the, the southern hemisphere. And what that does is it offsets the jet stream over Western Canada. So for those types of situations, we tend to get colder than average temperatures through the winter and above average precipitation, which would actually be good news because we know that the moisture is sort of money in the bank for the spring. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. Grain markets and farm exports will be among the issues discussed at the APAS annual meeting this week in Saskatoon. President Ian Boxall expects over 100 rural delegates will attend the conference. I think we'll have, uh, you know, several discussions around the cost of inputs. We'll have, you know, I think there'll be some conversation around transportation, what that looks like for the, you know, the, the shipping season we're going into here as we're hitting 30 below again in Saskatchewan and what potential delays we could see there. But we're going to have a presentation from crop insurance and it'll be interesting to see what the new program looks like for next year. Veterinarian shortages, I bet, will be coming up too. Absolutely. We will have a discussion about all that as well when rural veterinarian services and and what that, you know, the limits that puts on producers. How many delegates do you expect to attend the annual meeting Thursday and Friday? I think we'll have somewhere between 120 and 180 people in attendance between members and guests and all of that. So really looking forward to it, having a full-on annual general meeting again like we did pre-COVID. The APAS annual meeting runs Thursday and Friday in Saskatchewan. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. Realagriculture.com update. 
Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. And we're at Grow Canada in Ottawa, Ontario. And I'm joined right now, fresh off the stage from his uh, opening keynote here on day three, is Jack Bobo. Jack, give us some of your background uh, very, very quickly. Introduce yourself to the audience that has not heard you before. Well, I am currently at Nature United, and it's a it's global affiliate. I'm the director of global food and water policy, and so I have a fisheries, agriculture, and freshwater teams that report to me. But I also spent 13 years with the U.S. government and the State Department working on global food policy. So you had five key messages from your your presentation this morning, and, and doing it in a very uh, matter of fact opening, and I, I, I felt it was very welcoming to all sides. Of of the discussion when it comes to which direction agriculture and the food system needs to be headed. One of your key points was things are getting better, but not fast enough uh, related to things like world hunger and the food system being broken. Uh, Explain that a little bit. Yeah, so often I hear people talking about our broken food system, and you know, my first question is, well, if it's broken, when was it not broken? And I look back in time, and it's it's just hard to find a time where things were actually significantly better than they are today. You know, if in terms of childhood mortality, we're at the lowest point in human history. Uh, in terms of undernourished people, things are dramatically lower than they would have been 20 or 30 years ago. And so the fact that 800 million people go to bed hungry is totally unacceptable. I mean, we need to do better. We need to address that. But we need to also recognize how far we've come and that in general, things are good and getting better, not bad and getting worse. And that's a really important distinction, because if things are bad and getting worse, that means farmers aren't doing what they're supposed to do. If they're good and getting better, well, that tells me that farmers are on the right track and we just need to help them move and accelerate their gains even faster. How do you think we get to this conclusion? Because like, we, we've heard from a couple speakers have talked about you know the, it's, it's broken. We need to fix it. So how how do, how do we get to that con- being one of the conclusions? Is it, is it basically to uh, awaken people to the fact that there there are there are some issues that need to be dealt with, or what, how do we get there? Well, I, I think people are just, they're looking at the problems and they're using today as the baseline. So 40% of all the land on earth is already devoted to agriculture. They land a crop land the size of South America, the land of pasture land the size of Africa. I mean, you know, that's pretty stark. 70% of all fresh water is going to agriculture. I mean, you know, that, that's a that's a big deal. We have rivers that are running dry. So, so the problems are real and you can see them. And that's part of what makes people feel like things are moving in the wrong direction uh, because we don't want those things to happen, deforestation and others. But, you know, it's a question of whether or not in general we're moving in the right or the wrong direction. And that's harder to see unless you, like, change the aperture and you zoom out so that you can see where we've come from. Words do matter. You mentioned that in the presentation. We have a lot of words floating around. You know, regenerative agriculture, sustainability, natural. Uh, it, it's hard to figure out kind of what all this really means. And to each individual person, there's going to be a different definition. Uh, you mentioned sustainability is a journey, not a destination. I, I like that one. Yeah, people often ask, well, what is sustainable agriculture? And I tell them there's no such thing as sustainable agriculture because agriculture today is just wild 
wildly better than it was 20 or 30 years ago, and it will be wildly better 20 or 30 years from now. So we're on this journey, and we should recognize that. And, you know, there are farmers that are doing things in ways that are, you know, ahead of their time. And there are people that are still kind of farming the way they were 20 or 30 years ago. And so we could do better there. But it's that that recognition that what farmers often talk about as good management practices is what environmentalists mean by sustainability. We're just using different words to talk about the same thing. Yeah. And the thing is, human nature is, is never to sit pat. That's just not how human history has worked at all. Not, you know, not only in agriculture, but across many different industries and topics. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of the stats that I've given, you know, the, the resources necessary to produce a bushel of corn, you know, between 1980 and 2011. I mean, there are 35% fewer emissions produce that bushel, 40% less land, 40% less energy, 50% less water, 60% less erosion. And so, you know, those are all things that happen, not because policies, not because consumers demanded it, but simply because farmers wanted to do a better job on their farm every day. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today with some local blowing snow. Wind southeast, 30 gusting to 50. The high today, minus 14. The low, minus 22. Wind chill, minus 21 tonight and minus 30 overnight. For Thursday, sunny. Wind southeast, 20. The high tomorrow, minus 12. The low, minus 15. Friday, sunny with a high, minus 9. The low, minus 14. Saturday, sunny with a high, minus 9. The low, minus 13. Sunday, cloudy, the high minus 6, 40% chance of flurries, the low minus 12. Monday, cloudy, 40% chance of flurries, the high minus 10, the low minus 14. Tuesday, partly cloudy, with a high of minus 11. Normal high for this date, minus 7, the normal low is minus 18. The sun rose at 8.45 this morning, it sets at 4.56 tonight. And currently around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek. In the southwest corner at minus 5. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids, at minus 31. Estevan is minus 19. Saskatoon, minus 23. Swift Current is minus 17. Weyburn, minus 24. Yorkton, minus 27. Clear sky in Regina, minus 24. That's 12 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 31. Humidity is 71%. The barometer dropping, 102.4. Drifting snow in Moose Jaw, minus 17. Winds are... From the south at 24, gusting to 39. Once again, Regina, clear sky, minus 24. That's 12 below Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley.
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Food inflation is expected to be with us for a while, perhaps until sometime next spring at least. According to a study compiled by Dalhousie University, an average family of four can expect to pay just over $16,000 on food in 2023. That's about $1,100 more than it did this year. The Commons Agriculture Committee heard from a number of speakers this week as it continues to study the issue of food inflation. The study was requested by the NDP earlier this fall. Many groups, including the NDP, are accusing Canada's big grocery companies of reaping huge profits during these times of high inflation. Dalhousie professor Dr. Sylvain Charlebois addressed those concerns on Monday. In one of our recent reports, we used publicly available data to look at gross profit for each of the three big Canadian grocers, Empire Sobeys, Metro, and Loblaws. We calculated their respective best and average performances for the last six years. We failed to see any evidence of profiteering on all accounts. But this doesn't mean changes are unnecessary. Grocers are incredibly diversified. Margins are different for these verticals. And of course, the ethics and social responsibilities of selling bananas or eggs are quite different than when selling lipstick. Grocers have started to report their food sales separately from their non-food operations. Unlike selling t-shirts or perfumes, selling food, a necessity of life is inherently ethical and the stakes are very different. That needs to continue. But Charlebois was very critical of the Competition Bureau of Canada. The Competition Bureau has constantly failed the Canadian public by not providing forceful support to lawmakers in Canada when it simply endorses acquisitions and oversees investigations with little or no vigor. The bread price scandal is a good example. After seven years, the investigation is still ongoing. We've also, we've also seen investigation into meat and salmon, neither of which have provided definitive results. Our nation has seen consumer trust being compromised, which is spilling over into our relationship with grocers due to the Competition Bureau's baggage that is the awkward, unfinished business it has with many files. Canadian consumers feel grossly unprotected. The Bureau announced this fall it was going to launch its own investigation into food price inflation. The findings won't be known until later in the spring. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. A farmer from Ontario is the new president of the National Farmers Union. And a few members from across the country met at the NFU's first hybrid convention in Saskatoon in late November. Jen Fennig of New Hamburg, Ontario was selected at the annual meeting. Fennig is a family owner 
and the Director of Human Resources, Marketing and Operations at Fennig's Organic Farm. She enjoys working alongside local and migrant workers to produce food for healthy living and a strong community. She served on the Food Share Toronto Board of Directors and is a past president of the Organic Council of Ontario. The first vice president policy is Saskatchewan farmer Stuart Wells of Swift Current. Other members of NFU leadership include Al Burchard of Verwood, Saskatchewan, second vice president of operations, and Jordan River of Borden, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mostly lower across the province during the past week. Jace Fossen, with the Livestock Branch in the Ministry of Agriculture, says weather was a key factor in feeder cattle prices during the past week. Feeder steer prices were mostly lower across all weight categories, with the exception of the lightweight three to 400 pound steers seeing a gain in price. Average prices ranged from 317.35 per hundred weight for the lightweight three to 400 pound calves to 219.33 for the heavyweight 900 plus pound calves. The largest price decrease was 550 per hundred weight for the four to 500 pound steers. The remaining categories were mixed, ranging from 512 per hundred weight lower for the eight to 900 pound steers and up 66 cents per hundred weight for the three to 400 pound steers. Average weekly feeder heifer prices were also mixed, but mostly lower compared to the previous week. Prices ranged from 245.21 per hundred weight for the three to 400 weight heifers to 201.50 per hundred weight for the 800 plus pound heifers. The largest price increases were seen in the lightweight heifers, increasing 92 cents per hundred weight, and the largest price decline was seen in the 800 plus pound weight category, declining 445 per hundred weight compared to the previous week. What were the main factors behind these changes? Weather remains the main driving factor in calf prices. Um, we've, as we've seen weather fluctuations and extreme cold, that's limiting marketings and buyer interest in the feeder market. And what were marketings? Canfax reported Saskatchewan feeder cattle volumes at 20,488 head over the week. This is half of the 40,694 head seen last week, and it's below the 25,687 head marketed during the same week last year. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? The Canfax price for Alberta-fed steers reported on December 2nd was at 183.08 per hundredweight. It was up 59 cents per hundredweight from the previous week. Alberta cow prices were down over the week. The price of D2 slaughter cows decreased 340 per hundredweight from the previous week to average 83.20. And the price of D3 slaughter cows was down 80 cents per hundredweight to average 73.70. Jace Fawson is with the Livestock Branch of the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Canola yields in Saskatchewan were 50% higher this year compared to the drought of 2021. Saskatchewan's provincial oilseed specialist Corey Jacob outlined this year's crop production at a conference for Canola Week this week in Saskatoon. We had about 11.3 million acres seeded to canola, uh, down about 4.9% from 2021 and down about 5.3% from the five-year average. The average yield was about 37.8 bushels an acre. Um, about 51% above the the um, the yield in 2021, again, due to that drought situation, um, as well about 0.8% below um, the five-year average. We had about 9.6 million metric tons of production, which is about 50.8% of Canada's canola production. 
and about a 43.5 percent uh, change or above the 2021 production and about 6.3 percent below the five-year average. Jacob calls 2022 a year of extremes in Saskatchewan with wet conditions delaying seeding in eastern Saskatchewan while western areas were on the dry side. Hoping that we can get some, some good snowfall, even though snow doesn't account for a lot of our moisture, but maybe we'll get some optimism back. But really, we need some, some, good, uh, some good timely rains next growing season, hopefully early on to kind of get us, get us out of the drought conditions and, and bring back some, some optimism because it has been a tough year for certain producers and other ones have, have fared a lot better. Corey Jacob is the Provincial Oil Seed Specialist and spoke at a canola conference in Saskatoon. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water, they'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose $7 per metric ton at $830.12. Number one red spring wheat went up $12.08 at $417.30 per metric ton. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $496.28. Feed barley, $352.87. Chickpeas, $925.95. Flax six hundred eighty-two dollars ninety-eight cents. Lentils seven fifty-two fifty. Oats two hundred thirty-nine dollars thirty-two cents. Yellow peas four sixty-six twenty-seven. And feed wheat two hundred eighty-nine dollars fifty-six cents per metric ton. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for March went up eleven cents at nine dollars and seven cents. <laughs> It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of December 6th. Our last regular sale was on November 23rd. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.78 cents to $0.88. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.65 cents to $0.77. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.50 cents to $0.65. Cents. Heiferettes sold from $1.25 to $1.50. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.15 to $1.33. We had a bred cow sale here on December 2nd. Good dispersal cows sold from 17 to 1975. Middle-aged dispersal cows sold from 13 to 1700. All other bred cows sold for butcher price. We had our last pre-sorted sale of the year on Monday. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged two dollars and 88 cents and sold up to three dollars and 21 cents. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged two dollars and 89 cents and sold up to three dollars and 16 cents. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged two dollars and 85 cents and sold up to three dollars and 16 cents. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged two dollars and 75 cents and sold up to three dollars and six cents. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged two dollars and 62 cents and sold up to two dollars and 89 cents. 
600 to 650 pound steers averaged $2.56 and sold up to $2.72. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.51 and sold up to $2.61. And 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $2.37 and sold up to $2.52. Heifers were about 45 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a group of 500 pound tan steers at $3.06 a pound, a group of 550-pound tan steers at $2.89 a pound, a group of 600-pound tan steers at $2.72 a pound, a group of 650-pound tan steers at $2.60 a pound, and a group of 700-pound tan steers at $2.52 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is for both Sig 4 and Brandon and BP4, the Moose Jaw plant. The price is $206.27 per CKG. Coming up, the... This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Premier Scott Moe is jetting off to Washington, D.C. for a trade mission. He'll be trying to sell Saskatchewan's minerals and talk global energy concerns. Moe says the U.S. is an important market for Saskatchewan. Exports to the U.S. rose 51% from $13 billion in 2020 to almost $20 billion in 2021. Saskatchewan's top exports to the U.S. were crude oil, potash, and canola oil. He says Saskatchewan has occurrences of 36 of the 50 commodities on the U.S. critical minerals list essential for global economic security and a low-carbon future. Critical minerals are used in the manufacturing of batteries for powering portable electronic devices and electric vehicles, and rare earth elements are poised to play a significant role in the economic growth of the future. Saskatchewan is home to the first of its kind minerals-to-metals rare earth processing facility in North America. The Premier returns to Saskatchewan on Thursday. On the markets, the TSX has fallen 150 points to 20,091. The Dow has dropped 227 points to 33,719. Oil has fallen 221 at 74.72 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73.20 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, Download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.